ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Horror. Greetings, viewers and listeners. Meet Hook Jim here, my co-host Donnie Hoover. Donnie, how's it going? Oh, doing good. How you guys doing? And on this episode of Wrestle Horror, I reached out to some friends. They love wrestling. They love horror. And their business kind of incorporates both. We'll get to that in a little bit later. I'm talking, of course, about Tabitha Barron, Josh Overturf, Composite Effects. Guys, how are you tonight? Doing excellent tonight, guys. How are you guys doing? This guy. I know him well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were talking uh, recently on the Big Scary Show, and uh, we I mentioned that uh, we had this podcast, Russell Horror, and I've watched your posts about the WWE over the years. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I don't post it's so much me, on social media. Me, I'm just me. yelling in the background going, yeah, see, <laughs> tell, that, tell them this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figured you guys would be great to talk to, and, and we'll get to the AEW thing in a little bit. But uh, first of all, what got you interested in pro wrestling? Uh, well, I'm I'm old school. I started watching wrestling in the '80s. Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, that that's where I started watching as a kid. And you know, every kid growing up in the '80s, you know, you you were experienced, you know, Hulkamania of some sorts. Uh, you know, and that got me into it. And then uh, I had a bunch of friends that were into ECW and some of the hardcore stuff growing up. And so I just, I've had an opportunity to watch every kind of wrestling from independent shows to WWE. And similarly for me, um, you know, as a kid, I grew up in the 90s. And so that's when, you know, like the, you know, uh, all the, the hardcore stuff really started coming out, like NWO and everything. And, uh, you know, Raw's War. So we had like uh, the Hardy Boys, you know, Hardy Boys shows and Lita. Like is where it really started for me because Lita was the first badass chick in the ring that Agreed. wasn't like super feminine and like super diva well, eventually what became divas and you know like was actually gonna go into the ring and hold her own and would try to wrestle with the dudes and stuff like that so and then me and my friends it was all around the same time i think that jackass and that kind of stuff started premiering and so we all got together and did like the backyard wrestling and they had a trampoline so we were doing stuff on there we were you know doing stupid stuff out in the canyon because i grew up in san diego so we were just like hanging out, like doing obscure, like jackass and wrestling stuff kind of combined in one. Um, and my passion and my love for it has just kind of grown since then. And I'm glad that I've been able to surround myself with people who are like-minded, who still watch wrestling, who still love wrestling. I have friends who um, do promotions up in the Bay Area, who do uh, like film and photography work for a lot of the matches and stuff up there. So I'm still stuck into it, you know, uh, after all these years growing up, so. <laughs> right on. It's And it's, you know, it's, Something that you either like or you don't like. There's no gray area. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, and I think on every episode I've said this, and people are probably getting tired of hearing it, um, but there's a local promotion here in town in Hamilton, Ohio, called Future Great Wrestling. Nice. Uh, and it is uh, the, the guy who runs the, the school, the trainer, is Cody Hawk. Okay. If you don't recognize that name, he, he trained Dean Ambrose. Okay. And Sammy I'm Callahan. Actually. Yep. And <laughs> Sammy Callahan and Eli Drake. Um, but the, the wonderful thing is my daughter is taking his okay. school. 
my 24-year-old daughter, she was a month away from graduating when the COVID came down. So it's put on hold, but I get to love vicariously through her. Yeah. <laughs> and and she uh, she's she's a badass. I've seen her match. That's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, I love it. I, I love supporting women's women's matches and women's promotions and stuff like that. We've been to a few uh, before we moved out to Louisiana when we lived in the Bay Area. Uh, there was a few really good promotions and Shotzi Blackheart, as a matter of fact, uh, she's on NXT now. Right. I, we went to at least a dozen shows. We tried to get her to work in. at our house for a little while. <laughs> but yeah, she's an amazing chick and she's a phenomenal wrestler. This is, so, so to see her like succeed as and excel in NXT right now, it, it, it makes me feel good. And, and I know that, you know, she'll, she'll make it even, even bigger when, you know, she goes up to WWE because I know that's happening. I know it will. Oh, sure. And, you know, I, I got a chance to meet her briefly. Uh, I was in Toronto in August for the summit. Uh, okay. And uh, Shotzi was there and, and I got a, a brief chance to meet her and talk to her for a few seconds. And, uh, you know, I've, I've watched her ever since I first discovered her on Shimmer or Rise or wherever I could find her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, cool. She's uh, she's in the big time now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um what about other promotions? I mean, obviously, again, we'll get to the AEW, but are there any other promotions you, you like to watch? Uh, do, you, do you fill up your week watching pro wrestling? I mean, some people do. So, I mean, we, we used to, we used to uh, be able to watch a lot more uh, different promotions, you know, like Ring of Honor and New Japan and all that stuff. But these days, we, we can't fill our time watching the shows themselves. We watch a lot of recap shows. Right. But I mean, we, we like to keep up to date on what's going on, um, even if we can't directly watch the promotions so themselves. So when, when we were in the Bay Area, we I had a little bit more free time. Yeah. Uh, we weren't <laughs> working with CFX at the time. Okay. Uh, I had a nice cushy corporate uh, salary job. So I was able to come home and watch Raw, watch SmackDown, do all of them. Um, I'll be honest with you, the, the decline of WWE, I started watching less and less of the live shows and more and more of the recap shows. Okay. Uh, and then I crossed my fingers when AEW was going to come out. Yeah. We made sure we watched all the beginning AEW shows. But it, honestly, we're super busy at composite effects right now. And so it's a little bit hard to sit and watch as much as we used to also we don't know of any of the local you know we're, yeah, we're, we're here in the south the local so we're, yeah we're, we're trying to learn like where all the good local promotions are and i want to just get a live show and then obviously we're in the situation that we're in now so, <laughs> so yeah we just get to watch rematch or old matches <laughs> but it, it is what it is so sure, yeah sure. we like to keep up to date on all the promotions um i like i said my friends are back in the bay area they keeping me up to date on what was going on up there with the different promotions like Gold Rush and Big Time Wrestling and all that stuff. So okay. uh, we like to keep abreast. We like to see who's who's fresh Sorry. and uh, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of watch it all. We got a little, a little scoping of everything. Okay. All right. So this is a tough question that I usually pose to, to people. We've brought other haunters in before. And, you know, when they like wrestling, I, I have to ask them, favorite wrestler? Going all time, it has to be the Undertaker. I mean, it. How do you how do you go wrong on that one? Um, if I had to pick someone other than the Undertaker, <laughs> that's a oh, wow, that's a tough one. Uh, Stone Cold, probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I grew up watching him. You know, Austin three sixteen was just sure. my anthem for so long. So 
Um, and I like who he's become now. I, I do listen to his podcast every once in a while. Not as much as I, I would like to, but uh, every time I get a chance, I'll sit down and I'll listen to some of his podcasts. Sure. Okay. Um, and I think I kind of already said it. Technically, it's Alita. Um, but I mean, Jeff and Matt Hardy, they, you know, they were fantastic. Um, if we're talking, you know, old school, of course, I love Undertaker. That's, you know, that's every horror goth person's, you know, dream when it comes to wrestlers to have something as badass as that. Um, but I mean, uh, Sting, Sting was a really big icon of mine for a long time. Uh, I guess that, you know, the, the makeup, I like the obscure stuff. I like the weird stuff. Um, I did like his, you know, his, his former persona and stuff like that. I like Macho Man. Uh, I like, you know, I guess the, the golden era as it were wrestling, but, uh, you know, these days, you know, I, I started not liking Chris Jericho, uh, as, as a, as a character overall. And then, you know, he, he disappeared and then came back in WrestleMania a few years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, Chris Jericho, why the hell she is he back? She didn't understand the greatness. But, I've always but liked I love greatness. him now. Like just his whole, his whole character arc and just who he is as a person too. Uh, Jericho has definitely become one of my favorite uh, wrestling characters and figures, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys ever get into Georgia Championship Wrestling? And like the, like the Four Horsemen and Dusty Rhodes and, and those kind of guys? So I did a little bit. Um, I just I, I wasn't a big Dusty Rhodes fan, and don't shoot me for that one. And especially now I'm in the South. I, I was in Southern <laughs> California. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Better. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I actually wasn't that much of a Ric Flair fan for a long time. Um, I was again growing up in Southern California. It was all WWE, and maybe that's mm -hmm. you know that, that's just how it was for me. All right. And it wasn't until later that I really started learning about these guys and their legacy. Um, I'll be honest, I was even late to the game for New Japan, uh, you know, all the Japan stuff. Uh, I, I was AJ Styles. I didn't even know who he was for a little while. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, you guys got to see this guy, AJ Styles. And then, like, two weeks later, he was part of WWE. So it's like, yeah, okay, we now I get to see him. We weren't as up to date on uh, a lot of the NXT stuff. And so that's where, yeah. you know, that's where a lot of these guys came when they came from Japan, right. other places. They they filtered into NXT before they came up to WWE. And you know, we, were, yeah. we were focusing on some of that just because it was more mainstream and accessible at the time. And I, I had but, a gap in, in watching wrestling for a little while, you know, like there was a time I was working at all the haunted houses. Yeah. I was just super busy. I was single. It was before Tabitha. Um, and it was funny because starting to watch Tab, you know, wrestling with Tabitha, I was scared at first because it was like, <laughs> oh, what's she going to think? You know, yeah, that's, hey, watch, let's watch some wrestling. And then she was all into it. I was so like, no, like, right, I guess I, 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 yeah, I grew up, oh, thanks. No, I grew up with this too. And similarly, yeah, there was a gap, like, when I was in high school, because I was doing a lot of different stuff and like maybe like the beginning stages of college and uh, into when I was working at the Haunted Hotel down in San Diego where we met. Uh, yeah, there was a, definitely a, a few gap years I guess that we weren't really watching wrestling, but I always kept up with the sport. I was like, I was always like aware of, you know, what was going on and who was still in it. And even if it was like names that I wasn't familiar with, I'm like, Oh, okay. And if I kept hearing those names, I was watching a lot of MMA at the time. Cause obviously it was, you know, spiking in popularity, but uh, yeah, it was really nice. I can't remember exactly what the first wrestling, I think it was WrestleMania when we first moved back up to the Bay area where we had friends who were like, hey, do you want to watch WrestleMania? We've got the network. And we're like, sure. And we're like, oh, my God, we've been missing out on so much. And so it's <laughs> really good to get back into it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of WrestleMania, <laughs> did you watch it? Yes. 
Yep. We missed a few matches uh, here and there because, you know, we were trying to take care of a few things. But, yes, overall, the, the two-night spread of it, as it were. So, yeah, we missed the, missed the beginning of, on Sunday night. Uh, we had to, actually had to go shopping. Uh, it was a one all, – all the stores closed at 8 o'clock. Right. And, uh, I've been trying to wait till the last minute. We just had to run in, grab what we need, and run back out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so we missed, like uh, – let's see. We missed Charlotte Ripley. Um, what else did we miss? Um, oh goodness, the women. I think like the, yeah, the, the first the first two matches the we ladder, missed. The ladder match. Um, now my opinion of of WrestleMania over the weekend, considering the circumstances, I enjoyed it. Uh, there was some interesting things that I think they had a chance to to try out that they wanted to try it out mm-hmm. if it was still a live show. Yeah. Um, my. My opinions of what what was it the the boneyard yeah boneyard match bo- the boneyard brawl or whatever it was boneyard, boneyard match um, I enjoyed it I thought I was watching a B action movie at times <laughs> but it wasn't bad I grew up in the eighties so it was kind of like sure. all right they they're doing a good job on it um, I have I have it's a it's one little problem with it and it's. It's in the graveyard, right? It's a boneyard match. Right. Why was Undertaker being his American badass character versus his Undertaker yeah. character? If he was going to be his American badass character, like Josh was like, put it in like a junkyard or put it in like a machine shop, which like would have been a motorcycle better. club bar or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, oh, exactly yeah, bar, a biker bar, biker that would have been with a you know, pool table. They could right. have <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the, the setting wasn't right for the character that. Right. Taker was portraying and that that really bothered me enough to the fact that I didn't like the match for that but overall like that the you know that there was good wrestling and good like angles and cool little surprises and fun little like cuts that really you know that served that it made, the, it made the Taker look good one of my, I don't like watching Taker wrestle anymore because he's getting older and he doesn't again I he was one Love of my him. favorite character you know wrestlers growing up so I don't like seeing him in a older state, not being able to do the moves that he used to be able to do. Um, and I thought it made him look really good mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah, overall, the match was good, but I have an issue with... Will I accept that type of match on every pay-per-view from here on out, uh, just so I can see an older character? <sighs> I'm still torn on that one. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I guess they're calling it like cinematic wrestling. And uh, yeah. with, the, with the Boneyard match and with the Firefly Funhouse segment on Sunday, and then even with uh, Broken Matt Hardy when they did it out at his uh, compound there right. last year or two ago, um, what are your guys' opinions on cinematic wrestling? Yeah, if it's not, like you just well, said, you know, maybe once every now and again type of thing? Or where so Firefly Funhouse, I love that. Yes. I, I got it right from the beginning. <laughs> I, I didn't want to see a red light match with John Cena in the performance center with no one in the, you know, in the stands. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super clever. Um, I hope that they try other stuff like that, especially with characters like the fiend, um, you know, anything that you know, is kind of weird like that. Yeah. You can take it out a little bit of context and I think now it'll be accepted a little bit more, mm-hmm. but again, I, I don't think it replaces live wrestling. Um, right. Yeah, there was, there yeah, she's got a critique. Um, you know, almost opposite of the Boneyard match. I wish there was a smidge more actual wrestling that happened. Like Not right at the lot. end, they yeah. could have actually done some stuff in the ring. Yeah. 
Like but, anything that Cena did though, the Fiend wouldn't have sold. Like it would have just been like been like glancing blows the whole time. Right. You know, so Cena still wasn't gonna gain any ground, which was gonna be obviously the whole uh, end point to that match in the first place. But it would have been good to see something. just to see a little bit more actual wrestling, which I know was a lot of other people's critiques. It's like, oh that wasn't a match, you know. And they're right, it wasn't. But I, I appreciated that. And we were yeah, also- it wasn't intended to be. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of the whole point where, like, that match happened all in their heads, you know, either the Fiend's head and or Cena's head, whatever. And I like that. I like that whole kind of, like, cerebral psych-out kind of thing. And I, I love that the the history yeah. they covered in there. I oh mean, my like, God. the whole time, I'm like, so oh, shoot, here we go, Saturday night, you know, <laughs> NWO, here we go. Like, again, I got it, like, right from the, I'm like, oh, all right, I get what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, so by the end of it, I I was clapping. I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was one of those. Uh, cool. I was bummed to see that a lot, not as many people enjoyed it. As, well, I, I guess it was fifty fifty is yeah. what I've seen online so far. So what people have liked and what they you know some people liked it and totally got it just like me and other people. Yeah, what's your thoughts on it, Jim? We've never really talked about that yet either. Well, you know, overall, I I like the idea of doing a cinematic match every once in a while. I mean, maybe maybe. Um, twice a year, you know, every quarter at the very most. But, um, you know, I was thinking about it and my thought train just derailed. It went off hard. Oh my gosh. It was about that match. Uh Yeah, I think cinematic wrestling will work whenever it's needed to like move mm-hmm. a storyline along or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I mean, I see a I see a space for it in wrestling. Yep. Well, I know that uh, Lucha Underground used to do vignettes kind of like that, where they would mm-hmm. some sort of a match, or like they would have a little bit more of like a different type of fight go on, and then they would either carry on that storyline back further into the ring, or you know whatever. I kind of I appreciated what they did in that regard, uh, but that's also kind of goes back just to the telenovela uh, that you know Spanish culture likes anyway. So they were like playing into that a little bit more. But there's you know there's a time and a, and a place for it, and I think occasionally throwing it in uh, just to spice up or like you said you know move a storyline along. I think you know there's there's a place for that. Okay, I um remembered now. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Um, going back to the cinematic thing and the Firefly Funhouse in particular, um, you know, I think it was, I would think it was well done for what it was. What one thing that just, I, I giggled my ass off and this is some good shit. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I lost it. Yeah. Acknowledge the meme. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, There's all the nods that they did to everything, you know, between the Bray's amazing like interpretations of all these other like announcers and just going back and like replaying and just inserting uh, Cena and Bray's character into all these other segments. Like I loved it. I thought it was so smart and just so like so what it needed. And you know, it seems like it seems like creative hasn't really figured out what to do with the fiend like they, he's just been all over the place he's strong at times and he's not strong and uh, the seth rollins match like we were just yeah just all his stuff it's a good way to give him some strength you know as a character make him actually you know intimidating to other people like hey i'm not gonna just go into the ring and beat you i'm gonna you know tear you apart from the yeah. inside i'm gonna right. you know dissect your brain in this whole matter um 
and it does it, it gives them good a good character do i still want to see a hell in a cell with you know the fiend and whoever he's going and just some insane stuff that mm -hmm. we haven't seen in a long time yeah that, i would prefer that but i don't mind it like you guys are saying to carry that story along and build somebody up well i think um and this is obviously just my opinion but they really need to start booking him like they booked the undertaker yeah yeah i agree yeah i mean he's he's got that persona like we need to be able to utilize that like let him let him utilize that right his presence i mean from husky harris to now is night and day mm -hmm. and his presence well, now it, it's sort of for like a with finn with finn balor and his you know demon character like yeah there's they they're the same person you know obviously but i i like how you can book them as separate entities and that's that's kind of the whole point. It's like, no, like he's no longer Finn at this point. He's the demon and you, right. you banged the demon at this point. Huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so similarly, yeah, with, with the fiend, with him, like Bray being trapped inside, you know, the, the nice happy Firefly Funhouse and the fiend coming out and actually doing what he needs to do. So I, I appreciate, you know, I guess split characters like that. Sure. Sure. Too bad CFX couldn't do that mask, huh? So I mean, if they would have reached out to us, you know, people people go to Savini because he has you know a good notoriety and he's got sure. a really good team behind him. So you know, I know, what I feel bad about is the the replicas they're selling on WWE.com. Like, oh my gosh, the replica belts yeah, or masks are so expensive. Well, they're they're expensive. And bad, but yes. So I mean, if 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 somebody would like something similar, they can always reach out to us. But since we don't have it in our catalog, it's something we'd have to kind of uh, work through. But we've got a few requests for it. We've got a few emails, so it's something that we could do. Oh, we we try not to do other people's masks, so sure, sure. It's a one off if you want a one off. Well, we'll we'll get to that towards the end of this. Yes. <laughs> they can find out everything. So let's kind of steer. Let's kind of steer over to. Um, I keep dropping the hint about AEW. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I've taken a little while to warm up to it, but I'm getting <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, because honestly, I'm an Impact fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, do, I do watch AEW, Impact, and WWE. Not so much WWE. But anyway, you know, Luchasaurus. Let's just jump right into the meat of it here. Sure. Um, for those of you listening or watching here that have seen AEW, you can't miss Luchasaurus. He's six foot five and he looks like a freaking raptor. Yep. <laughs> well, the reason he looks like a raptor is because of the company these two work for that are on the screen here, <laughs> Tabitha and Josh. Let's talk about Luchasaurus. Uh, what can you tell us? Uh, so yeah, Luchasaurus, he was on, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, Lucha Underground, as a matter of fact, and I think his character was Vibora on Lucha Underground, and they gave him, uh, it wasn't one of our masks at that time, but a different, uh, a different snake mask, and they're like, we want you to wear this, and so basically he wore that, and he modified it a little bit from there, and then once he left the Lucha, uh, the Lucha Underground promotion, and he started becoming Luchasaurus, he started becoming, you know, his own character, um, 
he, this was a little bit before me, but he reached out to us, he, he found out. us, yeah. and was like, hey, I see your, uh, your Viper mask that you have. I see at the time we were doing the face only masks and he was like, I would love to do this for my wrestling persona. And basically we said, yeah, we worked with him on a little bit of a specialized strapping designs, a little bit of custom colors. And uh, we went from there. I think he has, done... he has custom horns. Yeah. The mouth is custom and modified. Yeah, so basically the... like how this one, one is. Um, and this is, we'll get into this a little bit later too. That's completely something else. Um, but I think he's on his third variation of the mask. He's gone through a few different ones when it comes to different, uh, paint schemes and color schemes. Uh, but yeah, we sent him his, uh, second to last and most recent mask, uh, right before AEW actually premiered. Um, and so the mask that you saw him premiere with, um, actually on the, the dark show was an old mask. And then when he premiered for the first time, actually on AEW on Wednesdays, um, he was wearing his new mask and then he got hurt. He got injured, which was very upsetting. Uh, but now he's back. He's, uh, here and ready to go. Obviously we're all kind of in a state of hiatus due to the nature of what's going on right now. Sure, sure. Um, we are actually talking with him about doing a custom sculpt. Uh, that way it's something completely custom to him. That way it's not something, you know, he can license it, he can sell it, he can do, uh, we can do replicas and all that stuff. That way it's not something modified that is a little bit more expensive, you know what I mean? But yeah, we're working with him to get something custom done and, and uh, get something out there in mass for everybody who wants a Lucius Horse mask. Right on. Now, does he have multiples to use, or do you guys just send him one-offs whenever he needs them, or how does that uh, work? He has, he has two working ones right now. Um, initially, yeah, he would have one, and then it was just like he would let us know when he needed the next one, because at the time he wasn't, I mean, he was wrestling a lot, but he wasn't wrestling as consistently as he is now, per se. Um, and doing appearances and once stuff he like signed that, with so. AEW, we made sure to just <clears throat> that he had a backup mask yeah, on him absolutely. Uh, right off the bat, which was a good thing because he ripped he ripped one like the first night. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, had sent so him one. Were, yeah. and he had, his old one ripped, and as we were sending him his second one, he was like, "Okay, perfect, I got the first one," and that the second one was on his way, and then yeah. he got hurt. But it, it is what it is. But yeah, so he has he has one to work with and a backup right now, and that's something that you know we're we're definitely making sure we. We check in on him, be like, hey, you know, how are you doing? How's the mask doing? What do you want to do next? What, you know, what, what can you and, see us doing for you now? And we actually have, we actually have uh, at least one other yes. wrestler that we're currently working on a custom design for right yeah. now. Um, yeah, he's uh, out of Booker T's Reality Wrestling, so okay. I'll just, I, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to say who it is, but that's the promotion that he was working with. Um, and he is going to return to hopefully once all this is, is all said and done. Uh, but yeah, so we're working on one of him right now. And then uh, the mask that Josh is wearing is a custom one-off mask that we did, not specifically for wrestler, but obviously very wrestler, wrestler in wrestler style. Design. I love it. Yeah. The finished one actually ended up having this the black areas right here being tan, so they kind of matched the skin tone of the person who was wearing it. Okay. Kind of like Vader. Vader. Yeah, a little bit like yep. Vader. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Josh, Josh likes to wear that one. He likes to have that one in the trunk of the car whenever he just feels like. <laughs> get, get the right on. music on. Get a little pumped up. Yeah. Every time I have to go shopping, people just get right out of my way. Social distancing. Right. No problem. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I signed up for this, so I know what I'm in for. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, let's talk a little bit more about a composite effect. That's part of the reason why I brought you guys on here. Um, silicone masks. Um, just there's you've got, you've got such a catalog from when I I'm going to bring this up again. Yeah. <laughs> Your catalog has grown so much since I bought this back in 2011. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The original one of the original meat bags with hair punched yep. in, just for yep. everybody's edifice. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, what what do you guys offer in here in 2020? I mean, it's got to be just. I watch it. I watch your website as much as I can, but it's been a few weeks since I've been there, so, <laughs> so I'll let just, you guys take it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah I we mean, just released a bunch of new ones. Yeah, and like you said, we we've been in business. Uh, CFX has been in business since 2006 was our very first year, and our catalog has grown from three original designs, which were Imp, uh, the Imp, Belial, and Crusty the Zombie. So we have over 150. Yeah, 150 custom now. characters now. Uh, and thousands of ways to customize them. So, like you said, you know, you've got the hair on there uh, for that meat bag, and I think we've redesigned meat bag a little bit too. So yeah. that's a, you know, we've we've updated him a little bit. We've made him a little bit more detailed. The fit's a little. So bit what different. we do is, uh, as the years go on, we change the core and the way they fit, and we'll analyze, you know, how can what can we do to make the mask move better and fit better. And so uh, as the years go on, we're always doing more R&D to make sure that we have the best fitting masks. Yeah, so uh, well, new this year, um, we'll sort of do a little bit last year, but also new this year, we have uh, our Universal lineup, or Universal Monsters. Okay. Universal Classic Monsters. Yeah, so we have a license with Universal, and uh, last year in July, we unveiled um, our first two masks, which was Frankenstein, Frankenstein's Monster. Um, as well as They Live, cult classic They Live, who right. kind of cycles back into wrestling with Rowdy Rider Piper. Yeah. Um, that's what I wanted for a long time. So, <laughs> so it, got, it got moved up the list very quickly. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so we have those two, which we were going to bring to Transworld this year because the, the Halloween and Haunt audience hadn't really seen them in person yet. Um, and then brand new in that collection this year was Creature from the Black Lagoon. Nice. Uh, so one of my favorite Universal Classic monsters, uh, and I know a lot of others as well. You know, Gilman, so uh, we, super iconic. And so we have them in there. Uh, the classic black and paint white. scheme and yeah, black and white. Absolutely. So it's black and white grayscale. So in most of the classic movies, or in you know, they live case with the sunglasses, um, and also in like a colored uh, a color variant. So where they live, we have them in that really awesome like vibrant blue. And Creature and Frankenstein are both in that green uh, color scheme and stuff. So we have more Universal stuff coming. Uh, we're working on a few other things in, in the back. We want to do The Mummy. Uh, yeah. We're hoping to do Phantom of the Opera um, and all that good stuff. So nice. there's, a, there's some additional licensing and rights involved in, mm -hmm. in some of those other characters. Uh, sure. Universal doesn't outright own the entire character. So we have to work with the families and stuff like that and just make sure right. that we're good with it. But uh, so far, everything's been very positive. Absolutely. And yeah, we're looking to just keep moving on forward. Uh, but we do have a few new uh, original oh, sculpts as well. Yeah. Um, so some of our, our, our design team, well, we got together and we're like, okay, we need to bust out a few designs. Um, our Igor silicone mask. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, that giant eye. Uh, that was sculpted, designed and sculpted by one of our in-house technicians for the medical side of stuff that we do. Um, obviously, he needed a little bit of a creative outlet, and I love it because it reminds me of, like, the Rat Fink, Total Surfer, Punk, like, 80s vibes. I love it. Um, we did our design a mask contest last year, and so yeah. we were finally able to release the winning design for that. Um, that's Vengeance, so that's got, like, the really cool, like, 
sharp angled face with the horn work and stuff kind like of, that. We have a black variant that looks like a xenomorph. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, we're going to have a mask of the month uh, variant on it oh, I'm so that we really that. make it look just like, like the Hopefully queen. Hopefully like an alien queen, yeah. Uh, really excited for that one. Um, and then we have two other designs that really came out. Yeah, it was a vampire and a demon, and we didn't really have names for them as we were creating them, so we put it out to the public's vote, uh, and we ended up with Rocky the demon and uh, Baron Overbite for the vampire. And if you see the vampire and you hear his name, you'll understand why he's kind of got a really like gnarly, gnarly overbite. Let's be honest, but it you know it it, it works. It works for him. So last year we didn't do a whole lot of uh, horror characters. Mm -hmm. We were working on the Universal lineup. Uh, a lot of whimsical. We, yeah, we were in a very fantastical whimsical mode, and so we did a, like some aliens and this really cool goblin, mm -hmm. and then a matching goblin wearing a helmet. Yeah, uh, that that was kind of cool. Uh, one of our sculptors just came back from working on the new Hellboy movie, so like stonework was really hard in his blind, so that's where Sentinel came from. But yeah, this year we wanted to get back to just classic horror, mm -hmm. and so we just were like, all right, we want to do a demon and we want to do a vampire. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's those two characters. Yeah, and we do have a few more things coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, we do have a mask that's in the sculpt room right now that uh, was being worked on. Uh, we have another one that's in the pipeline and uh, a few of the runner the two runners up from our design a mask contest from last year We do still want to produce those masks as well as a few other designs that were submitted. So we we're getting there We definitely want to uh, get a few more sculpts out this year It's just you know a matter of timing and with you know the the virus right now It's a little bit tricky, but you know we're, we're managing and we're making it work. So yeah, we have a skeleton crew in the shop right now uh Obviously, the, the business is multifaceted, so we do a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the projects that we do is consider an essential business. So uh, the skeleton crew is in the shop. I'm in the shop every day with Kenny, the owner. Uh, Tabby is in every and, other yeah, day. Yeah, I'm doing a split so. schedule right now because I'm doing all the social media stuff. Some of it I can do from home, but you know, there's a lot of back-end stuff, like making sure everything in stock is updated on the website um, because we did have quite a few things uh, that we didn't go to Transworld with uh that are still available we had a fantastic turnout for our sale that we had that week of what was Transworld. uh so we're really thankful for that we're still trying to see um if we can extend any other kind of discount to our customers right now because of the state of the world we were doing free shipping free domestic shipping so i'm going to try to see if we can extend that through april um just to you know there's a lot of people who are interested in the product but because of everything right now they're like oh i don't know if i can afford that so if we can you know uh, ease ease the burden of our customers a little bit. We're we're down to help, especially if it's something that they've been wanting for a while. We're we're all about you know feel good products and in this time and we're all sitting at home bummed and so you can always sit at home bummed in your mask and have. A Can't good wait time. for Halloween. <laughs> wait for Halloween. Well, you guys don't just do masks, but you do gloves as well. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, and as well as body parts. Yes, actually, Josh has some body parts. Well, some that aren't his, actually. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just shaking oh, it. Oh, you're just shaking Because it. on the camera, all you can see is the hand shaking. Uh oh. So, <laughs> like, ah, it's cut. Then, uh, uh, we do, like, hearts. Yeah, so um, we do silicone, silicone Very mask realistic stuff. and props. And so we do uh, silicone body parts. We have ears, eyes, uh, tongues, brains, hearts, intestines. I have a tongue. I have a tongue. Have a tongue? Uh, I was, yeah. I, was like, I, was saying, I brought a tongue home just just for this, and I left it on the other side of the room. So uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna get up yeah. And get it. 
but yes, yeah, so I mean, we we have anatomically correct innards, as it were. Uh, we do stomachs too. So. A lot of the escape rooms like to use our stuff because the silicone is so, you know, so silicone is our specialty material. That's what we, all our stuff is almost made out of. Uh, and it's super durable. So an escape room can buy a heart like that and dunk it in water, you know, disinfect it at the end of the show. So that way it's nice and clean. Um, and so, yeah, so we do a lot of stuff like that. And then, you know, people use them in classrooms. Is all your guys' stuff new or do people send you like stuff that they already have for you to modify or reinforce or anything uh, like that? We can do that kind of stuff. We are a full service shop, but we tend to produce new product yeah. and try to put new product out there. Uh, again, we have a, a huge catalog of stuff between the, the 150 mask designs. Uh, we have the entire inside of the human body, every anatomical part from, you know, spleen to pancreas, brains. Um, and we provide a lot of that kind of stuff for, like I said, for classroom learning. Um, we do some resin stuff. You know, we have a couple of in-house skulls that we produce for, you know, different entities. But yeah, we don't usually, we don't do uh, any refurbishments uh, to resell per se. Um, you know, we do repairs. So if people um, have a silicone product, whether it's ours or not, that, you know, needs to be repaired, we can absolutely do that. But we don't, uh, we had a mass buyback program for a little while, uh, but it just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't working for a business model at the time. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, people were sitting, I don't know what people do to their masks sometimes. I guess they don't wash their masks. Uh, some of the masks we would get back were, were literally biohazards. You know, you would wow. get it and open it up and be like, what what is that and just black mold and every nasty thing that you could find in it so, uh, yeah. so we canceled that program <laughs> it wasn't that we didn't want to do it it's just that it it was basically send us your trash and we'll throw it away for you right. and, uh, we'll give you some credit on a new mask so that wasn't working but well, uh yeah you guys will, you guys will be happy to know that i washed my mask after every performance Thank you. It's super easy. <laughs> Prints it out under the sink. Barely make convenience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, people, for like the haunts, a lot of people will ask us, oh, how do you wash the masks? The video that we send or that they, we've been sending people on how to wash masks is a video that I shot when we worked for, uh, when we did our Haunted Hornet event out in the Bay Area. Right. And literally, it's me filling a five-gallon bucket with Dawn dish soap and a little bit of water and like I'm dredging it yeah. three or four masks in and out of the water and then I put it in a clean bucket and I dredge it. But that's what you do in like in volume if that's what you have accessible. Sure. But honestly, like it's putting it like a quick bath in your, in your tub or sink. Or honestly, just wipe it out with baby wipes. Like, especially if you're Smell not doing ball. anything, like, extensive in it. If, like, you're just sitting there and podcasting in it, you're not going to build up enough sweat that you need to do, like, a big, heavy cleaning in. The contactors are the people running around in costume. At, I try know, to drink enough vodka that I just sweat out the vodka. It disinfects the mask automatically. All right, there you go. And I just, bam, I'm not even going to rinse anything off. It'll go right back onto the head for them. It'll be good. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get on, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me tell you guys. Um, when I wore that mask for an entire season, I was oh, working. Yeah. For, I was working at the Dent Schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I worked in the back, and at the time, it was called Detention Hall. It was a big, okay. big maze that I loved to play in. But on those hot nights, I about every thirty minutes, I'd step behind scenes and it's like drain a gallon of water out of my mask. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. No, they. They definitely get warm if you're not ready for it. You know, they, they will 
pick up some heat. Yeah, yes, yes. definitely something you got to ease into, and don't expect to go like full bore if you've never worn a silicone mask before, and or in a warm environment. And yeah. most haunts are warm environments. I mean, mm -hmm. unless you're out in a hayride. Yeah. Um, you know, or in a cool atmosphere, which good for you, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they get warm, they get hot. And people ask us all the time, you know, like, how do you cut down the sweating? How do you cut down on the heat? And Just honestly, drink more it's, water. it's staying hydrated and taking breaks as often as possible. You know, like, like you said, you have to take, you know, take a step back behind the scenes and, and drain or give yourself a, a quick minute to take the mask off and breathe, put it back on and you're good to go. So yeah. that's the beauty yeah. of the masks. They're an easy on and easy off. Yes. So. And, <laughs> and the silicone masks, I mean, so realistic. I, I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh my God, that's real. And I'd, yeah. even, I'd even go touch it. Yeah. Yeah. And they cringe when they touch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have a couple that have the big, the big long ears. Uh -huh. And yeah, that's my thing with kids. You know, they'll be scared. And I don't like, I, I like to scare everybody, but I don't like to scare the little kids. You know, I'll, I, I go easy on them. And so I'll let them come over and like pull my ear. And I can tell when they're touching the ear and like, so I'll yelp like, a, you know, Oh, Oh my God, you pulled my ear. And yeah, they think it's real the entire time. They're like, Oh my God, mommy, I touched his ear. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, a tactile experience. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the whole point. Like you said, it's, it's smooth, it's soft and it, and it's smooth and it moves with you. And that's, that's the whole point of the product. And so to get people to be like, no, touch my mask, you know, or touch my face as it were. You know, it, it lends to that even more believability. And people so. people are blown away usually if you let them touch it because they think it's going to be makeup. And so, you know, they're right. checking their hands to see like, oh, you're like, no, that's that's what you just touched. Yeah. So. You know, a, a funny thing happened to me that same year. I was able to work not just inside the maze, but I also worked a queue line. I was in and out all night. Well, it was towards the end of the night and I came up behind this couple and they obviously been drinking. And I stalked up behind the woman, waiting for her to jump. She turned around, grabbed me, and kissed me full on the mouth. Yep. It happens. It happens at the haunts. It happens. But you know what? Because of that mask, her lips didn't touch mine at all. Yep. Yeah, you, you were protected. Yeah, I've uh, a barrier. I, I've had similar things happen. Uh, I got slapped one time. Uh -huh. So, you know, it hits the mask. And it's just kind of like, oh, all right. A little bit of shock, but this thing. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, the masks are great. So I, I, I couldn't, couldn't imagine a better company to work for right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been yeah. a really good experience so far. Yeah. Well, I've always admired, you know, and I, I, it's like every year I just couldn't wait to log on to the website and see the latest masks and yeah. kept thinking about, well, uh, not this year, but uh, I mean, your masks are, are not cheap. Nope. No, they, they are an investment. That's they, for sure. But they are well worth the money. Thank you. Yeah. So like you said, your, your mask is from 2011. That's nine right. years old. Right. How many latex masks are used in a haunted house and then survived that long? Right. Yeah. So that's the whole point. Yeah. You buy it, win a custom, co you know, couple of costume contests with it, pay back, you know, all the money you invested in the mask. Yeah. I got it all in scares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was going to say, uh, I get in trouble. Hold on. I'll. 
You can see kind of out there. Oh, wow. That's not even all of them. Yeah, no, so thank God I have a haunted house and I, I get to use it as a, a tax write-off. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> all right. Uh, Donnie, uh, any questions for, for Tabby and uh, Josh? Yeah, I do have one, and it's there. I really don't think I could find a, a more perfect couple to ask this question to <laughs> and get this advice from. A uh, little quick background about me is I, like Jim explained before we went on air, I own a professional wrestling company in Columbus, Ohio, and I was a pro wrestler myself, uh, early 90s, late 2000s, and uh, up until last year, I, I for a couple years, we co-owned a haunted trail here in our area, too, nice. so I kind of wrestling and horrors what, and haunted yeah. house is what I do, um, but what I've done is I've taken my wrestling character from back in the day, and I wrote, I'm, I'm working on a backstory for it, and wrote a backstory for it, and transformed it into a haunt character. That's uh, awesome. And, yeah, so what I need, um, this guy right here. Let me turn my light on. If people is just listening, they're not going to know. They're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about here. But this this is my wrestling character's mask. It was actually made by Tony Rosen, who created Annabelle. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it, the, the, the skull is just a, obviously just a, something to keep it shaped. But it's rat skins. It's basically rat skins with oh. the rat tails. I love that. And it's all sewn together because he was in the sewer. He ends up escaping from an insane asylum going into the sewer. So he put on the rat skin mask. Um, what I'm finding out, you know, it's silicone, you know, it's professional movie quality grade, all that. What I found out is it works great when I was doing my haunt character. But once I would get sweaty and start uh, sweating, it would get loose. And like this part would start coming off my chin. And uh, but I also thought about like if I could ever bring this character to life to using small segments like on a wrestling promotion. Uh, what could I do to this besides taking a pro wrestling mask and somehow gluing it to the inside to reinforce it? The only thing in the back really is just this stitching, if you can see. Yeah, like so the, that's where the looseness is coming from. So in uh -huh. a silicone mask, what you're looking for to, to get it, again, this is not a good example because obviously it's only covering half my face. Right. But, you know, to get it to move, you need it to be able to grip a good section of your head. That way you can get some, some traction. And you can see this one, this one kind of ends right there. So really what you'd be looking mm -hmm. is that bottom section. And again, this is just from what I can visually see on the, on the computer screen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Some possibly additional stitching in the back or even a strap in the back. Okay. Um, now the key is how are you going to get that strap to attach to a silicone mass that nothing sticks to silicone. Right. Uh, reach out to Tabitha. We can, uh, I, I'll walk you through the process mm -hmm. a little bit. It's a little bit complicated unless you want him to go uh, <laughs> on the air right now with everything. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, give us a call. We can definitely walk you through it. We do modifications like that all the yeah. time. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. that, that, it's just a matter of it, it's, it's getting loose on your face once uh, you start getting a little yeah, bit Yeah, once I get sweaty and stuff and, and like the tails are kind of heavy. Yep. So if I was to ever bump in it, or if I was to yep. like sling my head forward, I'm sure if I was sweating, it would probably just slide right off. Yeah. That, that, even that, like, yeah, even like in the haunt when I was doing my scene, if I turned my head too quick, like the chin part would slide up and I was, yep. I'd have to pull it back down real fast. Now they, they do make adhesive. It's called a telesis and it, they, they have certain numbers. I don't, I'm not sure what number they're up to right now. They disconnected or they discontinued one telesis. And I think it's like telesis seven or something like that now. 
uh, but it is an adhesive and it goes on your skin and it goes on the inside of the mask. It's a, specifically, it's a silicone adhesive. So it works with silicone appliances or in masks in this case, especially if you're finding like some slippage happening. So yeah, if I was going to, if I was going to film something and you know, I wanted a, it to be, you know, the production quality to be over the top, I would use some telesis on the inside of the mask and that would glue it to my, my cheekbones and that way I can okay. get, get much better action out of it. Um, and you know, but that you, there's a removal process for that as well. You can't just go and take the mask Tear it off. Yeah, it yeah. yeah, you do and, have to use remover for exactly. that. Otherwise, you're going to be hurt. But uh, it, it works very well. Um, I know that in Europe, a lot of times, uh, you know, the the masker community in Europe is really big, and that's basically a lot of men that like to put on female masks and run around, mm. and uh, they'll use telesis so that way they get that that super good. Uh, yeah. close contact yeah well, e even more close contact than what you know especially for our products they're designed that way um but you know especially sometimes the lips may not stick like especially if you're getting sweaty a hundred percent of the times so you'll get a little bit of slippage if you want to prevent that from ever happening then that's what you know something like telesis would be for but in haunts we don't usually recommend that for most times we don't recommend that it's mainly for like you were saying if you were trying to cut a promo in that regard um it would be you know that way you don't want, run into that risk of it slipping out yeah right yeah because i thought about just trying to attach like a another chin strap to kind of just hold it down but mm -hmm. i don't know i mean that would kind of look kind of cheesy i think if unless so, it was i think it in my in my opinion like josh said i think it's a tension but you know it's just that you can't get it tight enough with that that strapping or that that rope, tie. yeah because um, i tried to tighten it up but it looked like it was starting to tear so i stopped <laughs> yeah you know, as you can see on, on josh's how it's like complete all the way 360 there's there's no like um, adjustment. There's no strapping. Yeah. There's no, strapping, so, there's no yeah. seaming. So it's the silicone itself, and mm -hmm. I'm just stretching to get into it, and then it vacuums over to my face. Yeah. Um, right. And with yours, like I said, uh, you know, I, I like the stitching in the back. You know, yeah. it'd be possible to put some grommets in it. Um, oh, or yeah, should be able to. Yeah, like I said the stitching wasn't more to tie it on; it was more for the look. To where he he just made it and he kind of found a piece of twine to tie the skins together, kind of thing. But, you know, yeah, maybe you could continue that look down, you know, so that way it doesn't take away from the look of the mask because it's, mm -hmm. it's such a good I dig it, mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, reach out to Tabitha. Uh, I'm sure we can come up with a couple of different solutions for you. Absolutely. Very cool. Thank you. You know, I gotta say, I I can't appreciate it more when somebody says cutting a promo. <laughs> and you know what they're talking about. All right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I got a promo I'm going to be cutting for our promotion soon. Donnie just doesn't know about it. No. Oh, <laughs> <Only for now. laughs> yep. Send it in. We'll get it up. <laughs> well, it's i uh, I'll, I'll explain it to you. It's a convoluted idea of mine right. since I'm not ring ready. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, Tabby, Josh, you guys have been great. I mean, this this really has gone longer than most of our shows go, and it's been all compelling conversation and a lot of back and forth, so it's been awesome. But what, what I want to do now is give you guys an opportunity to do all the social media plugging for the show, for <laughs> positive effects and everything else. 
Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for having us. It's it's been a, a pleasure. Yeah. We we've had a lot of uh, a lot of great conversations, uh, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more uh, yeah. in, in future ones. But yeah, so we um, work for Composite Effects. Uh, we do professional silicone mask, gloves, body parts, and everything else in between. Uh, you can find us at cfxmasks.com. That's our website. On Facebook, we're Composite Effects. On Instagram, we're we are CFX Masks. Uh, on YouTube, we are also CFX Masks, and on Twitter, we are CFX Unmasked. Just to uh, confuse you a little just bit. Just to make it just <laughs> much more complicated for you to find us. Um, if you have CFX products, we love seeing your guys' products. We do creature features every week, usually on Wednesdays. Um, so you can tag us uh, at CompositeFX or use the hashtag CFX Masks. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll feature your creature, uh, as it were. And, uh, we're always posting new content on our Facebook and Instagram and social media pages. Uh, we're trying to see if we can get, uh, like a monthly or a weekly live video going, uh, in this time when it's a little bit slower, uh, definitely trying to revamp our YouTube page, get a few more interactive videos up there, making sure we have all of the movement videos for our masks up there, uh, and all that good stuff. But yeah. I would love to do a feature like every week with a different mask. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, we have a few different people to shop. So it wouldn't always be me just to let everyone know off the bat. But, uh, yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe it'll always be me in the mask. But, uh, yeah, I would love to go and you know, create different characters for all these masks and, you know, talk to people and do some different stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. That's well, us. I think I'm going to have to send you guys a picture of me and my mask. Yes, you should. Please do. I will do that. I will forward one over to you in the next day or so. Yeah, if um, you uh, you have my email, so feel free to yeah. send it to me. Uh, but ever, otherwise, it's info at compositeeffects.com, um, or you can send us uh, in the messages on any of the social media channels. I'll get that, and I'll I'll make sure it gets shared and posted. Cool. All right. Well, it's been uh, one of the more lively conversations, and I can't say enough <laughs> about that. I love a good banter. And that's what we had tonight. So, again, Tabby, Josh, thank you so much for being a part of Wrestle Horror, for loving the horror business, for loving the wrestling business. Uh, you know, what else can you say? They're, they're hand in hand. They tie together. Absolutely. More people need to understand that. More, more weird people, you know, the, the better, in my opinion. Wrestling and horror rocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Donnie, I'm signing off now. Tabby, Josh, thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you guys again so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media outlets. Facebook.com backslash WrestleHorror. Instagram at WrestleHorror. Twitter at WrestleHorror. On our YouTube channel, the WrestleHorror channel. Also, you can find us at www.wrestlehorror.com.